I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Let's get her done, son. Let's get her done. Let's yeah. just get her done. Get her you done, know. son, with an eye. Yeah, get her done, bud. Like a mosquito, but with the geeter. <laughs> Watch out for that geeter. It's going <laughs> to geeter you. It's going to geeter you. All right. Anyway, what Hello. up? How are you? What up? How are you? Um, what up? How are me? Um, I am good. I am tired, but oh. I am good this fine Sunday morning. Fuck! I was awake at fucking seven thirty this morning. Ew! Uh, ew! 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 I la- obviously laid in bed for like obviously, hour, but it was. I great. don't like. Ew! I don't like that for you. No, I wanted to sleep until ten. I was like, I'm gonna sleep until ten. Yeah, that was what I was hoping for too, but no, didn't go that way. However, last night, Marty and I just took a shit ton of edibles and then ate all the junk food that I got. And um, I can honestly tell you that I have never laughed at fucking Harry Potter <laughs> that much in my life. You guys just got super stoned, 
watched Harry Potter and fucking laughed like it was a goddamn comedy. I did. I I don't know where Marty was. I feel like I was on a hold. Like at one point I had to put my head between my legs because I was like feeling a little nosh. When I make my move, you're <laughs> free to check the queen. <laughs> no, wrong. Um, I'm trying to find okay. Harry Potter. Oh, it was Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince that we were watching. Oh yeah, Snape's getting Snape got you. Snape got you, but hear me out. Fucking Dumbledore is such a predator in that movie. Oh yeah, he's not a good guy. Like Harry, you have to come with me on this adventure that might kill you. And Harry's like, okay, okay. And then when he like sends him back, yeah. And then when he like sends him back to get Snape, he's like, you have to go and get him, but you can't tell anyone anything. You can't speak to anyone. And I'm like, "Mm, this Mm. is sounding a little predatory, and also has cult vibes. Dumbledore, not sure Mm. I feel about that. Dumbledore, you're just not a good guy. You're just not a good guy. So is he actually not a good guy? Well, like, if you think about it, he knew that Harry was part of, like, he, either him or Voldemort had to die. But they had to, like, kill all of the Horcruxes before this so that he had, like, Harry's power. Yeah. So that Dumbledore had Harry's power? Well, yeah, like, because he, you know how, like, his love can, like, injure Voldy? Oh, yeah, because he's got that that sweet, sweet heart. (laughs) He's got his sweetheart for his mama. So, and his dad, I guess. But uh, anyways, yeah. Fucking Dumbledore. Never have I ever laughed. Bye, Bowie. Yeah, Bowie just peaked out. No, never have I ever laughed so fucking hard at really inappropriate times, too. Like Voldemort, when he was on screen, I just couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) When he did this. Looks so dumb. In his no stupid little face, snake little face. Face nose. I'm just like, dude, no one ever told you. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> <That> look good. <laughs> Bro needs I a nose he, job. I think he also needs some sun <laughs> and like True. maybe eat some vegetables. I don't know. <laughs> one or two. One or two, maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, that was my night. Um, what recommend? <laughs> it was pretty entertaining. So I love that for you. Love that for yeah. you. Sometimes you just gotta. Anyway, other than that, I'm literally not reading or doing anything fun. Although I did start listening to, which I didn't say last week, um, Once There Were Wolves. I'm like listening to oh, it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very <sighs> good. Very book. good. Like a book, yeah. I should listen to it. But speaking of books I finished. Tell me. I listened and finished up Forever Interrupted because I, was it that? Yeah, I think that's what it was. It's so good. I would suggest it. Was that a T- TGR? Yeah. TJR? TJR? TJR. Yeah. That was a Taylor Jenkins read. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was the, the storyline? Um, I hope I, I don't think I'm giving anything away because it literally happens the first chapter. Her husband, they're a young couple and her husband dies running an errand no. for her. No, I know. my biggest fear, I know. my biggest fear. I, know. I don't like that. I know. At all. I know. It's awful. Running an errand then... for her? Mm-hmm. So then it's her coming over that and then they had only been married like 10 days and it was it's super sad obviously but then like it's heartwarming at the end and I I just needed like a good like heart stabbing like 
I'm crying. There was moments yeah. where I'd be like, oh my God, I, I'm so happy for her. Or, oh my God, I'm going to cry because it's so sad. Can you, I just are you crying right now? <laughs> well, I'm thinking about it. And then at the end, what happens? And I'm like, oh. You need to, now you need to read Shark Heart and you'll get a okay. little good cry. Please okay. read it. It's okay. so good. It's Maybe so I'll good. pick it up today if I can get around to all of our chores. Please read it. It's so good. And you'll go through it so quick. And it's just so good. All the babes. I want all the babes to read it too. It's such a good book. I'm still just can't get over the way that you described the nose becoming like a <laughs> flopper. A flopper nose. That, happened, that also happens quickly. And the way that he describes it in the book, it's like kind of funny. He's okay. not like being like gross or morbid about it because it is gross and morbid. But he's like, fair, it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool at the same time. Well, maybe if that happened to me, I'd get like a better nose in my well, shark I'd hope, life. Yeah, I'd hope that that meant that like this hard bump in the middle of my nose would just go away because it would just be soft. Yeah. But you know yeah. what? That's anyways, not how well, that's not how turning anyways. into a shark works. So I'd probably True, I guess you are turning <laughs> you are turning into a shark. So <laughs> you know what? I would probably turn into a shark fully, whole body shark, but my fucking nose stays the exact same. Just really big. Rude, rude. That would happen. Fuck. Just two girls. <laughs> just two girls wanting a nose job over here. That's all. Just a small one. Nothing crazy. Maybe we can get the pod big enough so that we could celebrate with nose jobs. Matching nose True. <laughs> yes. Let's get matching noses. Come on. <laughs> let's do it. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> I've been, been looking. Speaking of nose jobs. Sorry. Tell me. I've been looking at non-invasive nose jobs. I don't think it would work with my problem. Literally, I can't breathe through my one nostril. Oh, no. You want, like, you could probably go and get that comped because that's like an oh. actual health hmm. thing. Like, I Not can't breathe through Not just an aesthetic. It. Yeah. You maybe could I should go, go talk to my doctor. Uh, yeah, maybe. You know, breathing's fun and stuff. Well, meh, whatever. I've done it this long this way. Anyways, so what's you what can just pull doing? a boldy. You could just pull a boldy and go no no. Oh, true. <laughs> you know what? Maybe just all, cut it all off. All the breathing. All the breathing. Wow. You know, you could probably Riveting. get I'm serious. You could probably get like I probably a, could. What do we call an an O like hypnosis job? Yeah, true. <laughs> I could probably get an O hypnosis yeah. job. I don't know how I'd I don't know if I would want an O hypnosis job though. I feel like that <laughs> you'd actually want to pay for it. They still send you to to a professional, like it's not just like a hack job. But I think that they'd just be like, okay, here's your referral to this plastic surgeon, and you don't mm. get to actually like pick, pick. and choose. And they're just right. like, here you go, good luck. Who knows but what's then gonna you could happen? Be like while you're in there, can you just <laughs> while you. you're there, just tidy it up a bit. Yeah. make it less protruding yeah. hook like witch like yeah. yeah just like yeah. whatever god did just fix just fix make a little it. better <laughs> just know? a little better i think he had a couple drinks when it came to my nose so yeah I don't straighten it, it out a bit <laughs> straighten it out a bit fuck put it back in place anyways so not you're not reading watching listening to anything else no, because I, I literally was obsessed with the book that I was listening to this week. I was just like, listen, listen, listen at any possible your moment. Just yes, to exactly. You got it. What about you? What about you? Anything? No, Anything? No, same. I'm still just... reading The Rachel Incident and listening to Once There Are Wolves. And then I'm on that 
I'm on that Dateline kick forever. Mm-hmm. I love listening to Dateline. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, especially when it's a Keith Morrison episode. Yes. Mm. They, it was funny. I listened to like a follow up. It was like they're doing these things where they do like follow ups about the episodes and I guess oh, it's like okay. about like the TV yeah. episode, but I think they just mm-hmm. do it for the, no, there's a video aspect for sure. Anyway, um, so the two were ta- Andrea Canning and not mm. um what's that guy's name? That other guy, not Keith yeah. Morrison. But they were talking about how they were at a uh, true crime com and mm-hmm. they were like I guess only the one guy went and Andrea Morrison and Eric Andrea Canning and Keith Morrison did not go. And so he was talking to Andrea Canning and he said, Oh, you and that other guy were missed. And she's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that other guy. But just casually that other god guy, the fucking Canadian icon himself, <laughs> Keith Keith Morrison. No, just that other guy. Like, who cares about him? Exactly. I when I found out he was Canadian, I was like, you know what? This is amazing. I love I that for us. I know. And he's got kids. <laughs> so good. Did you know? Actually, funny story, real quick, before mm-hmm. we hop into this. Marty and I mm-hmm. went on a little road trip yesterday. So we like <sighs> Marty's got this music on his phone and it's all the same shit and like i'm over it so sometimes he'll just ask for like random stations so he asked for canadian hip-hop which did not come through but we ended up having to just listen to like canadian artists did you know that the guy who sings roxy roller is canadian (laughs) i did not know that that's interesting (laughs) and also the guy who sings lovers in a dangerous yes that's bare naked ladies not what it's oh it's just by the one guy from bare naked ladies wait it is bare naked lady no ruth cockburn he sang it originally and bare naked ladies must have covered it covered it oh a two Mm. canadian mashup there you go yes you're right because it does say it does say wait who the fuck is bruce cockburn cockburn is he from bare naked ladies oh that i don't know uh no, I think he's just himself. I think he's just just a man, a man who's himself. just a man singing about lovers in a dangerous time himself. Yep. And then one last surprise that came on that I didn't mm-hmm. realize. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you you probably know this. Prozac. No, they're, they're Canadian. Canadian. I did not know this. <laughs> I've got a strange disease. Oh, that came on. Marty like changed it halfway through. He's like, this isn't as good as I remember. <laughs> Well, obviously. What is it? No, it's like the woo woo woo. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'll shut up now. W W dot never get over you. Icon and legend is yes Prozac. Anyways, anything else before we get in? Because I've got some babes. Oh, tell me. Yeah. Okay, well, we've got a few here. So we've got Audrey, we've got Kim, we've got Ainsley, and we've got Mariah. Ooh, welcome to the crew. Welcome one of them showed us her, her kittens, Ooh, right? Yes, and that one little kitten, like kitten Atlas. Oh, he's just a baby. He's just a baby. Yeah, it's just a baby. That's what I said in the comment. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that you you got it. And I was like, just I a baby. It. <laughs> it's just a baby. <laughs> and the green eyes on that other cat. Mm. Whoa, they were stunning. So stunning. Green. So green. I love it. Green. Love, love, light. love. 
muscle. Okay, let's fucking do this. Let's go. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Who starts? You do. Who I do start- you do? Who do? do remind me of the remind me of the babe. <laughs> the babe with the power. Okay, sorry. What power? No, we don't. <laughs> oh, we've done this once before, and I'm sorry, but we're just gonna keep the power of the baby. You're not gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do. Okay. do what? Do what? Remind me of the babe. Remind me of the babe. <laughs> oh, FOLs. F-O-L. Oh, FOL for sure. Okay. okay. I'm going to shut the fuck up so that, that you can talk. I'm fucking starting and you get an ep- an epi for once. A little epi. Oh, shit. Okay, good. Yes, I do. I was like, no. <laughs> Take no, no, no. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Last week we ended in a then chapter. So now we're back in the real life days. And remember, she went to go visit her parents. Oh, yeah, that was a cliffhanger. Yeah, time. that was a hanger. They were hanging so right over happens. the cliff. So much what happened. What even happened the end here? Of this book. So much to discuss. Yes. So, okay. So obviously, we're finishing up all the dangerous things by Stacey Willingham, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And. She's at her parents' house. Isabel is at her parents' house. And the author is doing a great job of making us feel very uncomfortable because it's um, an uncomfortable silence. Um, And as soon as she walks in, her dad offers her whiskey or wine. And it's not even noon yet. So (laughs) we can kind of see maybe where he has gone after his quote-unquote retirement. Mm, She's Um, like, I'll take coffee coffee it's literally like 10 (laughs) a.m anyways so the three of them are sit in their living room but all in opposite corners of the room on different Um, on different sofas and everything sofas and everything exactly and she's just like uh well uh thanks for the card and check her dad's like, oh, no problem. It's nothing. It's nothing. And asks how Ben is, which it's just like super awkward silences and conversation. And um, Isabel says that or knows that they don't like to talk about problems. Pol- politics and religion are always a go in their house. But feelings and emotions are a big N-O-P-E. No. 
Um, How interesting. That's a backwards one, huh? Yes, that is backwards. Well, some houses. (laughs) (laughs) So knowing this, Ben is definitely fine and just busy at work. So story checks out. Um, Obviously, more awkward conversation. And finally, her dad asks, what can we do for you? Which would be awful and heartbreaking. And he's just being like squirmy, wormy. He's like squirming in the chair. Well, he's like, why are you here? Exactly. (laughs) Like, Like, what do you want? What do you want from us? Yeah. Um, That's how, like, obviously how far they've drifted apart. It's Mm -hmm. making Mm -hmm. it very clear. Mm -hmm. Finally, her mom speaks up and asks how she's holding up, which then Isabel decides to be vulnerable and tell them that she's not doing great at this moment. Um, And she remembers back to them visiting Mason for the first time and how strange it was and how her dad held him like the whole time and the mom was like noped out she's like i'm not here for this baby um and how she is thinking that margaret should have been here um and how it should have been her baby that they were visiting and all of this she also Um, like i feel like the uh, one of the underlying thoughts of her too i don't know if you're gonna cover this but like that she felt like her mom didn't want to touch her baby because she's afraid of her yes yeah yeah exactly isabel wonders if they picture her with mason doing the same thing she did so she thinks to margaret um she tries to break the tension by mentioning that she might go to the cemetery and visit margaret um and at this point they're kind of like we go and visit her every sunday after church and like uh, she can just feel like they're itching for her to leave they want her gone um and so she feels like this is the good the time to ask why they've never talked about what actually happened to margaret her dad takes back over the conversation and says why would we um it was an awful accident she says Yes, I understand it was an accident, but it might help me understand what's going on in my own life right now. I remember the wet floor, the new pajamas and like the mud and everything. Her dad's like, stop bringing this up. It was an accident. It's nobody, nobody's fault. She tells him that she knows she was there for what ha- ever happened. Um, and he just, we leave that chapter with him saying, don't do this to yourself the twist the turns <laughs> i've got whiplash honestly all right so now isabel is sitting on the dock at her family's place after having agreed to stay for dinner i feel like it was like a nicety that she was like yeah and they were like oh oh no <laughs> you know what I mean? uh never mind yeah <laughs> Um, so the kitchen has been remodeled. Uh, it needed it after the fire, which I was like, is this the first time we're hearing about the fire? Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember ever hearing mm-hmm. about a fire. Okay, cool. Because I was like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is this shit? So it needed it after the fire, but that she also knows that they've done this as an attempt to erase the past. So her parents are pretty big avoiders, which is probably where Isabel gets it from. Um, and while she's helping her mom prepare dinner, her mom comes up behind her and says, you know, I love you. You know that, right? <laughs> Which is interesting. She's like wanting to connect, but it's the weirdest. It's like she knows 
that she that Isabel knows that she doesn't think that her mother loves her. <laughs> yeah. Eek. Cool, Eek. cool. Um, she's finding that all of her parents' attempts to remove Margaret has done nothing for her and that she is still reminded of Margaret everywhere and the time that they spent together. Um, she's also feeling like the visit to her parents' house has an unsaid underlying feeling or whatever oh like she's trying to extend an olive branch like she wants to like kind of make peace with them um as if she was apologizing for what she did and that they are also apologizing for forgetting her as a child Mm. yikes sounds like they're unpacking a lot yeah in a weird way at this yeah (laughs) so she goes to her old bedroom which has also been redone She wonders about Margaret's room, but she can't bring herself to look. She's feeling weird in the house. I guess she's decided to stay the night, obviously, is what I didn't write down, but what's happening? Um, And she's like, because she doesn't sleep. We all know that, right? So she's like, what am I going to do for the next 10 hours? (laughs) She's just dreading her fucking life. (laughs) Um, So she decides to go and explore the house. She goes up to the attic where she's got many memories with Margaret into her mother's painting room. So she starts to explore and she sees a pile of her mom's old paintings and she decides to go through them when suddenly she stops because she is looking at the painting that her and Margaret had found many years ago of her in the marsh. However, this time there are three people in this painting not just one and that there are two in a nightgown and one in a robe and the one in the robe is her mother mm-hmm. and then ooky spooky her mother is there IRL and she says Isabel honey let me explain <gasps> e- what's e- happening so what at this e- point especially with all of our babes at this point I'm like okay is there because i didn't think that the third person was necessarily their mom because it just the like robe right so i'm like yeah is there secret brother is Waylon's secret brother is there another weird sibling in this house that we don't know about like that's what i'm thinking true true so of course her mother explains that she was very very sick um and that everything started when they lost ellie which doesn't really ring a bell other than the fact that it was Margaret's doll. Mm. Um, And then she starts remembering her mother's strange behavior and her like weird maniacal laughing. And then it clicks with her that night where she saw her mom or heard her mom screaming, her dad in the hallway, the blood all over the sheets. And then she remembers her mom with a unfortunately stillborn baby and her mom uh, in her mother's arms while she's like singing to it which is awful Fuck. um yeah also like fucking dad resorts to drinking right after that yeah and, like, yeah <laughs> yeah just had a... yeah mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. That ain't no, right. no no that no. ain't right that ain't right um so then she's thinking about like in the past and all that stuff and how her mom was always there but she wasn't actually there um with her and it was like now she realizes that it's neglect um Mm -hmm. and then 
she tells her mom that she can understand why she would have been depressed and everything like that. And her mom finally speaks and says that it was more than depression um, and that it was just this um, like awful. It was very just heartbreaking. Um, And then she acquaints this to that strange feeling that has always been in the house. And she realizes that it was her mother that was that strange feeling. Mm. Um, we find out that her mother tried to tell their dad that something was not right with her and that she was feeling and thinking things that were starting to scare her. She remembers back to that night at, we were already talked about this in the book that she was thinking that her mother was scared of her and her sleepwalking, but really she was afraid of herself. OMG, OMG. Mm -hmm. Isabel, her whole life, Mm -hmm. thought that her mother was, like, afraid of her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No. No. She's just scared of herself. Jesus Christ. All right. So, obviously, she asks her mother, what did you do? Because she's starting to pick up what's being put down here. Mm -hmm. Isabel suddenly has a memory again of her reoccurring dream and she's also remembering that Dr. Harris said that sleepwalkers can sometimes remember things from their episodes but it comes back to them like a dream so this is interesting because she's like Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't a dream so what she remembers is Margaret walking into the marsh towards her mother she asks her mother why she tells Isabel that she had tried one other time by leaving the gas on the stove on she figured they would all go to sleep and just never wake up so her mom is very troubled like mm-hmm. she did mm-hmm. need some help and dad yeah. was bad he's a bad mm-hmm. bad daddy that's a bad dad that is a bad dad so this is when isabel realizes that her dad knew that her mom was feeling this way she again she's remembering that conversation that she overheard Elizabeth tells her that he kept saying it was an accident and that she didn't do it on purpose and because essentially he didn't want to believe it. Um, So that just kind of goes back to the whole congressman reputation thing like he and I think a part of him really did just want to believe that it was just Mm -hmm. like this big accident, especially because she had said to him like he Mm -hmm. knew. So he's probably like, oh, I fucked up. Like, yeah. I should have done something about this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Isabel is suddenly making a connection between much, what her mother had struggled with and what she herself had struggled with once Mason was born. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've got a common connection. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Isabel decides that she should leave as soon as the sun comes up because she's not sure if she can face her parents in the daylight. This is her talking to her parent, her mom last night. She tells her mom that she always thought that she was the one who led Margaret out there and that she had done something. Her mother tells her no and that she had no idea that she had thought that her whole life, which. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isabel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isabel, um, like, obvious is like, how could I not? We never talked about anything. Mm-hmm. You just, everybody just left everything, swept it under the rug, and you deal with it on your own terms, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her mom gives her like a folder, which I'm assuming is maybe all of the details about what happened, but she yeah. can't bring herself to look at it. Um, and so she's still left wondering, like, who is responsible, who is to blame. 
Um, obviously it was her mother who led them out to the marsh and held Margaret down and then moved on to her and remembering the, uh, the mud behind Mm -hmm. her ears, her mother Mm -hmm. feeling her heartbeat for the last time, or is her dad to blame realizing, um, that he let it happen essentially. Um, she's at Margaret's grave. Her mother never hated her and that she had hated herself instead. And she's wondering if she should be grateful for her dad. Um, but she's realizing that he's done this just to save face and the Rhett name. Um, and that no wonder he drinks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that chief Montgomery knew and they made the whole story up together and he did this all to protect himself and that it's yeah he would spin it to say oh it was for our family but really Mm -hmm. it's it's him and Mm -hmm. his name and Mm -hmm. reputation so remember back to the beginning when they were sending the money and I was like what does this mean Mm -hmm. because she's like it wasn't to keep it wasn't Mm -hmm. to keep what was it it wasn't to keep me quiet it was it was like yeah it was to keep like her quiet not them that's what she was thinking right right and I was so confused by that because I was like what does that mean like I don't get it but now that we know Mm -hmm. that's what it means yes yes because I'm assuming they probably thought all along that she knew the the whole story they thought that she knew and she thought that she fucking killed her sister her whole life yes yes yeah I like what would you even feel after that like you would almost feel relief but then could you feel relief knowing that your mother is the like exactly fucking tell you your whole goddamn life i know right and she i think i don't know if it's in this chapter or not but she does make a comment that she's like i have realized that i have will have to unpack this at some Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it's like Mm -hmm. good for you good for you thank you you're maybe Mm -hmm. moving on from your weird past (sighs) oh fuck i can't even i cannot even i'm just like yeah, I just kind of feel that's bad. That's a bad dad. That's yeah, a bad dad. That's a bad dad. Oh, it was a bad mom too. Everybody's bad over there. True. Okay, so she stays at the cemetery for a while and then she gets back into her car and she's looking at the envelope. Her hand is bandaged because of the wine glass. I'm confused here. I think I didn't write it down. Did she drop a wine glass or like squeeze a wine glass or something when her mom came up behind her? Oh, maybe I can't. 100% remember that either I can't remember either but she's got a bandaged hand because of a wine glass that is what I know so and I know she was drinking wine when her mother so I'm guessing something mm, happened there yeah. that I didn't write down anyway um so she decides to scan the contents of the envelope we find out that her mother's official diagnosis was a quote very rare severe yet treatable condition that can occur after the birth of a baby, exacerbated even further by the trauma, grief, and isolation following the death of said baby. That fucking sucks. I get it. That, that yeah. is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to admit that she does feel some relief at knowing what happened to Margaret and knowing that it wasn't her. Um, but after all these years, that would just be insane. She reads on further and sees that this can condition can be hereditary if a mother or sister has the condition so she's kind of like all right I'm happy to know that I didn't kill Margaret but like this isn't looking good for me it's (laughs) still not confirming that I haven't killed my own son yeah yeah like she's gotten one answer but like not the answers yeah 
Um, so she still wants to know if she could have killed her son, what she should do to get to the bottom of it. She's like clueless at this point. But also she's thinking, what's up with that old man on the porch? Could he just be placed there to scare her or to get her to stop asking questions? Because she's like, there are too many things that aren't fitting together. Like, I don't get it. She's also starting to feel uneasy about Ben and thinking about their interaction yesterday with Valerie there, which was not good. Um, It's reminding her of when she was with Ben at Allison's memorial. And then she's like, oh, yeah, Waylon's voice sounded so familiar and I could never place it. And she's like, that man who had called for Ben when they were making out in the bushes, it was Waylon. And she's realizing now that he obviously knows Ben. So she's like, did Ben send him to um to me to try to extract information or to keep tabs on me? Like, what is this Waylon dude and Ben doing together? So she's doing some Googling in her car. She's like, P.I., ready to go. She decides to Google Waylon's name and Ben's name together. And that's when she finds out. That fucking Ashley was right, and Waylon is Allison's sister. Mm-hmm. <gasps> twist, twist number two. Twist, twisty two, twisty two. Because twist okay. number one would be not having killed yes. their sister. Twist number no. two, Waylon is um Allison's brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she confirms this by reading Allison's obituary and there it is in writing that Waylon is her younger brother um and she never even knew Allison's like maiden name which is fucking crazy mm-hmm. um, and then she says i guess that i'm like my parents that way <laughs> which at least she's self aware don't ask um, don't tell <laughs> exactly um she Oh, her and Ben just pretty much ignored her existence as soon as they as soon as she died. Mm. Um, so she decides to call Waylon. She's wondering if maybe he thought that she killed Mason. So the first thing she asks him is when she gets a hold of him is, do you think that I killed my son? And his response is, no. Why would you think that? Excuse me? Did we not literally say that to her? Well, no, because she she was uh, thinking like she didn't say it out loud. She was like, he answered the question that I was thinking. Right. Before which was he was yes, like yes. It, he was like, somebody in this house killed, like took your baby. Yes. And yes. she so then she just was assuming she, that he was saying it, it was, was her. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. And he's um, like, what? No. <laughs> he's like, um, no, that's not what I was getting at. Um, she then drops the bombshell and tells him that she knows that he is Allison's brother and that she's not mad and just wants to know why he's here and what he knows about Ben. His response is, it's not what I think I know. It's what I know. I know he killed her. Allison. 
yikes 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 i love it i love it so there's another twist so what's that like just twist three and four together three and four three four five six seven eight nine ten one was that she didn't kill no one was that she didn't kill him two was that waylon is allison's brother three waylon knows that he killed ben or ben killed allison allison and four is that waylon doesn't think that that yes isabel killed killed her own son yes exactly okay it's happening we'll keep it together very quickly timeline Um, we need a a murder map yeah we need a murder map okay so when mason was six months old isabel tells ben that she wants to start working again so when mason was six years old isabel tells ben that she wants to start working again then we're going back to how ben took the news of her being pregnant and so she says that he took the news well but that he never changed his work habits like she thought he would um, she wanted her identity to not just be wrapped up in the baby. So essentially she's like, we have this baby. I want to work now. He never changed. Like, I'm going to do it. It's both of our responsibility, essentially. Um, and so what she's done is that she's pitched this idea to a magazine about what she wants to write and they agree to it and they want to pay her $3,000 to get the story done. Um, which she says is like the most that she's ever been offered to write a story, but that she'll need to be away for a few days. Ben is like capital P-I-S-S-E-D about this, not happy at all, saying they don't need the money and he's trying to convince her not to do it. But she's like, I I want I want to do something for myself. Like I want to do yeah. this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to punish her, he tells her to do whatever makes her happy, and then he takes Mason out of her hands and walks away. Oh no, He's I don't the like manipulative. Yup, the manipulator. Yep. Okay, she's meeting Wayland at a spot that Ben would never go to. It's like you pour your own cream and sugar, and it's like, how oh. could you? <laughs> Jesus. Um. Once she meets him, he apologizes for willfully omitting the truth. Um, and she fills him in, or he fills her in on what he knows. So we find out that Allison and Ben met in high school and that he is a few years older than her and like pointed at her in the hall and was like, you're mine, which I'm like, oh, but Izzy can relate to. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. He proposed to Allison once she turned 20 and then they were married by the time she was 21. Her parents or their parents loved Ben's like immensely, but him, Waylon, not so much. Um, He feels like he's always seen through his act. We find out that Allison had wanted to be a lawyer, but he didn't want that for her. Ben didn't want that for Allison. Um, That No, no. He then as he gets older realizes that whatever a healthy relationship is it's not theirs um and that allison just kept shrinking away anytime she wanted to do anything she just became whatever ben wanted her to be so that's why Um, she gets to be a a no kid housewife even though it mm -hmm. sounds good Mm -hmm. might not be as good as no 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 obviously this makes um, Isabel think about when she started working again and how it was defiance against Ben. 
Um, and this is when Whalen tells her that one time he saw Ben at a bar and he was assuming that he was waiting for Allison, but oh, then I about this. it was you. And then he oh, watched shit. them for the rest of the night and he treated Ben treated her Isabel, just like Allison. And she even looked the same as Allison. Oh, of boy. course. Yeah. Of course, he seems like he's done talking. So Isabel prompts what happened next. And then we find out that Allison had gotten pregnant. And then a couple of weeks later, she died. That's another twist. She was pregnant. She was preggers. All right. So the hits just keep coming. And they keep coming. Isabel is now thinking back to when the pregnancy test revealed those two little lines saying positive positive sucks to suck Um, as you would say (laughs) Um, she's remembering how she felt so desperate to keep Ben and her desire to create something beautiful with him but when she was holding the positive pregnancy test the reality that she's now tied to Ben forever sunk in and she's wondering if this is how Allison felt too trapped. And then I have a little note because we have our new strategy where I read it all and then go back Mm -hmm. and take notes. And because I wasn't taking notes in your chapters, I was like, Oh, flip. I forgot Allison was pregnant. Cause I didn't read that one. (laughs) It doesn't make sense now because you just said that, Mm -hmm. but I was like, Oh my God. Um, so Waylon tells Isabel that Allison would never have overdosed having known she was pregnant. Waylon then confirms that she knew she was pregnant because she had told her family already because she couldn't keep any secrets from them. She remembers um, having met Allison at that Christmas party and how Allison had carried around a champagne flute, but that when she whispered in her ear, her breath had smelled like mouthwash. mouthwash. So she's like, oh, she wasn't drinking and I didn't realize um, she's thinking that Allison's death had made it so that Ben didn't need to make a choice. But then she's like, but when did Ben ever let life just happen to him? Like, when was he not in control? So she's realizing that maybe Ben did make his choice and she just didn't know. Then we find out, this is super fucked. Then we find out that Waylon saw Isabel and Ben together at Allison's memorial. And that's when he knew that Ben had killed his sister. So, yeah, he came down and, like, interrupted them because he had literally seen them from the room up above. He was watching them. Oh, he had his peepers on. Sheesh, yeah. though. How, how infuriating would that be? Oh, my God. Oh my she had god! Her own fucking house too at her family's yeah. house, her childhood home, and this yep. fucking dork is in the back, canoodling. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. man, he's mm-hmm. not done with that. So Waylon tells Isabel that he's there because he obviously wants Ben to pay. There wasn't enough evidence with Allison having died, but that when he heard that Mason had gone missing, he knew that Ben had done it again. So he's like, "We can probably get him on this one." So, obviously, we find out he wasn't looking into Isabel at all. It was Ben the entire time. Um, then Isabel asks, why does he think that Ben would hurt his own son? 
And Whalen's reasoning is that it would look pretty suspicious if he had two wives die by suicide. Um, and does she really think he wanted to be a single dad? And she's like, you raised some valid points, Waylon. I don't, <laughs> I think you're right there. Those are good. <laughs> it's all coming together. The, the pieces fit. They're coming together. Yeah, she's like, mm, you're not wrong there. Weird. So she starts putting it together how Ben would have been inside the house, like Waylon had said, how he would have known that the batteries were out, um, how he could have left and came back without waking Roscoe, like all of these things. She's like, oh, shit. I was blind. Mm -hmm. So obviously this prompts her to go creep on Ben and Valerie. Oh, girl. (laughs) She can see them like inside the house and everything. And she knows that Ben is going to be getting ready to go to work. Okay, I'm sorry, but like Isabel loves a questionable decision. She does love that. She does love <laughs> making questionable choices. This is true. Oh my god. We do know this about her. Yes. As Ben is leaving, she realizes or notices how easy it was for Valerie to slip into Ben's life and take Isabel's place. So then Ben is on the move, but she doesn't follow after him. Shortly after Valerie leaves and she decides that's who she's going to be following. She follows Valerie to her house um, and then she's like remembering back to when she was her age because it's like a small little like um, cottage house. And she's like, oh, I remember like when Ben came to my house. Exactly. And looked at my Ikea furniture and like how I had to thrift furniture and all this stuff and how he would like be disgusted on being there. Anyways. So she's wondering if she feels the same way. She knocks on the door, knock, knock, knock. Who's there? It's me. Don't follow people to their houses. Isabel. (laughs) She asks. Oh man. Valerie. If they can talk, of course, Valerie's like, how do you know where I live? She just glosses over that. She doesn't say anything. She just says that there's things that you should know about Ben. She says that it's important that they talk because she is worried about her. Valerie's um, like, are you worried about me? You should be worried about yourself. Like, you right. are crazy. Like, you're showing yeah. up at my house. You Like, you obviously followed me here. This yeah. is not good. Yeah. And let's not forget that Valerie is a therapist. So yes. she's like very much like, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Isabel retorts back and asks, is that what he told you? This obviously hits a nerve. And Valerie, she can see that Valerie wants to ask some questions. Um, And then also remembers back when she took Valerie by surprise at the church and how she wanted her to stay and obviously know Isabel's side of the story. So then she lets her in. Eep. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. This chat. chat. (laughs) It snuck up on me. Ready for twist number fucking 17. Okay. So she walks into the living room and she sits down. The apartment is cute, but very, like, my vibe was, like, young adultish. Like, it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, grown-up house, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a glass coffee table that she observes, and there is also, like, a clothespin photo hanging thing oh. on, like, mm-hmm. one wall. 
it's too far away for her to see them like see all the photos but she does observe that as well so she tells valerie that she wants her to know what she's getting into with ben and also if she knew that he was married before she's like yes i did know this um and then Isabel's like then you know that she died around the same time that they had gotten together like um isabel and ben and that ben had never wanted kids and valerie then tells isabel that she needs professional help and that ben had warned her about this um that she won't tell him that she came by her house though because he would be heartbroken over the way she's talking about him so ben has also like sort of manipulated valerie too in a infiltrated way, which he's infiltrated sense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like isabel isn't helping herself at all mm-hmm. for this situation no. so it's very it's a lot so isabel is ready to apologize and leave because she's like kind of embarrassed at this point um but she takes a final look around the room and that's when she gets a second look at that clothespin picture thing because all of those photos hanging there are photos of valerie and ben Mm -hmm. and she's noticing valerie's fucking hair dye is progressively getting she can see that it's growing and that ben's beard is growing and changing Mm -hmm. and she's like this looks like a considerable amount of time has passed in between the hair and the beard vibe Mm -hmm. so this is when she knows that they were together long before her and ben were apart Mm-hmm. once a cheetah always a cheetah mm-hmm. um she confronts valerie about this she tells her that she felt bad for so long but when she heard the sorry, this is about valerie saying to her she felt bad for so long but when she heard about the things that isabel did and now this feeling that she's having hearing valerie say this to her is sounding very familiar um and that she was the one in the literal like exact same place as valerie because this is what ben did to isabel about allison right like told her how Mm -hmm. inept she Mm -hmm. was and how you know crazy Mm -hmm. she was same mo so then we find out that valerie and ben have been together for two years fuck (laughs) off fuck off um and she does a little she does she has some calculation in her brain and she realizes that Mason would have been six months old when they started dating. She tells Isabel that she was always leaving when she was going for her work and that Ben was lonely. How she had been to their house, how Mason was getting to the age where he was starting to talk. And this is when it hits as Isabel and she asks Valerie, what did you do? What did you do to my son? She's picturing Valerie having had to walk from their house in the middle of the night because Ben would have insisted that she park away from the house. And we know this because Isabel was literally Valerie at one point. Mm-hmm. And then she's like thinking about Valerie introducing herself to the old man in the rocking chair as mm-hmm. Elizabeth Drake. Mm-hmm. I mean, Isabel Drake. Mm-hmm. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, duh. Shit, that oh, one hit me. That was, that's fucked. It's fucked. That's mm-hmm. another, there we go. Shock it up. Another one down. Because mm-hmm. okay. I was like, how are they going to, how is that? How are they going to, you know, explain the old man? Like, what's his fucking point in all of this? 
Exactly. So obviously Val's like, huh? Who, me? Couldn't be. <laughs> um, Isabel straight up is like, you took my son. And then she imagines how it would have played out. Valerie using the key that Ben gave her, a.k.a. the missing one. Fuck. Exactly. She lets herself right in the house and no one would have been alarmed, a.k.a. Roscoe, um, that she was because she has been coming over for a full year at this point. Oh, my um, God. And like stepping in for Isabel when she's not there. Exactly. <laughs> oh, like that. Of course, then Valerie finally speaks um, how she thinks she should be feeling in this situation because of what Ben has been telling her. She says that some people just aren't fit to be mothers. You both didn't want to be parents. And so many people would love to have a child. Some people would kill for it. Uh, she just says that it's for the best and that it's for the best for everybody in this scenario. Um, oh, no. And that Ben had told her what she did to her sister, Margaret, and that it was only a matter of time before she did the same thing to Mason. Isabel's like, uh, bitch, I just found out some information. Exactly. And then she leaves off the, those little comments by saying it's okay he's in a better place mm-hmm. exactly then all of a sudden Isabel feels their bodies collide tangled in a mess falling into the glass coffee table and the sickening sound of a skull cracking what do you think that would sound like like a squishy crack like like like, like just just one that you, yeah. I can't imagine that sound. Crab. But squishy too. Like. Would blop. Blop. That's a little bit of brain falling out. Blop. Yikes. 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 Okay. So, two days later. Detective. What how do we say his last name again? Dozier. Dos- I think it's Dozier. 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 Whatever. Dozier. Detective. Whatever. It's at the door. <laughs> Detective <laughs> Daddy. Detective Daddy is at the door, and he asks her about what happened to her hand, and she mm. tells him it was a wine glass, which this is true, so that's weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he comes to he came to tell her that there has been a development in Mason's case. He says that he's sure she's seen the news and that Valerie Sherman has been murdered. And in a roundabout way, he kind of accuses Isabel of Valerie's murder, but like doesn't come out right and like ask it or say yeah. it. Which is he's pretty nonchalant. Yeah. He's like nonchalant. Yeah. He's like, mm, just so you know, your husband's mistress was murdered. Do you have anything to say about that or no comment? Okay. Sounds no comment. Good. <laughs> Just accept that at face value. <laughs> um, so apparently after her murder, a client of hers had called, of Valerie's had called to say that he remembers Valerie and Isabel having interacted at the church. And did she know who that woman was then? Like, did she know it was Valerie? Um, but really, he is there because the client also gave them. A name. 
Quote, the name of a woman who also used to attend the group, but stopped coming after Mason's disappearance. A woman who was unable to have children. So, Detective Daddy Mm -hmm. shows her a photo and asks if she recognizes it. And that her name is Abigail, Abigail Fisher. Isabel remembers it as a name that was on the true crime con attendee list because we know that she's like, that's her jam, right? Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, it hits her like a ton of ricks, and she pulls up that true crime con article and finds a photo of fucking Abigail sitting in the front row with like those big teary eyes watching her speak. <sighs> Oof. Isabel feels like finally, after all this time, they have a face, a name, and a chance. Okay. They're setting the scene here. You're really thinking about who this is for. So there's a buzz, big, heavy metal doors opening, fluorescent light bulbs, and then a prison guard says, Isabel Drake? She remembers to when Dozier, Detective Daddy, um, came over um, and was looking at her hand and then made the comment, Valerie took a lot from you. And how does that make you feel? She says, how do you think? (laughs) Obviously. Um, (laughs) Yes. Um, She's like, he's like, well, we don't know yet. Like, we need more information from you, essentially. And he, she knows that at this point, he already knew what was going on mm-hmm. um, and that he's put it all together and that Valerie had been listening to Abigail every week um, and that Valerie thinks um, of Ben and all the lies that he spins about um, Isabel um, while she's like talking about how much she wants a child um essentially then he's just like well anyways i'll keep you posted on any um updates i'll see you later bye and this Uh, is the moment this is the moment when isabel knows that her plan would work so she stands she's this is back to like snap back to reality moment there goes gravity exactly she stands and walks toward the uh, prison guard as she watches Ben be escorted into the visitor area. It's Ben who's oh. in prison. Ooh. Okay. So then first question is, how are you doing? Getting any sleep? Ooh. Who asked that? Who asked that? Ben well, asked Isabel asked that to Ben. <laughs> Sucker. Sucker. Of course, Ben is like, Izzy, I didn't do this. Um, of course, Isabel knew what it looked like as soon as she looked down at Valerie's lifeless body and that everything would come back to her, like the scorned mistress who's already fucking crazy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's just like, look, they found your ring, Ben, and your DNA is everywhere. It's not looking good for you. Um <laughs> Did you find out what she had done to Mason and then you just couldn't help yourself because I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't blame you. (laughs) Of course, Ben is adamant on the fact that he didn't kill fucking Valerie. 
And then, of course, she just keeps keeps laying it on. She's just said one thing I can't figure out, though. How did Valerie know that the baby monitor wasn't was dead? It's almost like maybe someone mentioned it to her. Mm -hmm. Like somebody told her to show up. Oh, no. He obviously is just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then she moves on to Allison and asks him to tell no her comment. about. Exactly. He says, she says, tell me about Allison and how did she die? Ben says that he's no never comment. killed. No comment again. He's never <laughs> killed anybody. So stop accusing me. Um, but she knows, Isabel knows that he uses words as a weapon He's always controlling and planting ideas in people's heads. She's picturing um, Allison already distraught, knowing that he's out with another woman, pregnant, knowing that nothing is going to change, and that Ben had left pills on the counter like a dare, knowing that like she would probably take them. And I think I'm just going to read this like kind of verbatim because it is a good quote. Um, Ben has always known that you don't have to pull the trigger to get away with murder. Sometimes all you need to do is let load the gun and let it go off on its own. Yeah, like so he just manipulates all these women into doing the bad, dirty work for him so that he can get away with living his own fucking life, fucking women. That looks like the same woman. Who would you get to play Ben in a movie? Like, he'd oh. have to be, like, hot. Yeah. What's that? The guy who played, like, that Christian Grey? Like, Christian. he... From the fucking, you know, uh, you know, the those Oh, books. Fifty Shades of Grey? Shades of Grey, yeah. Because he Is was, he like, hot? kind of... He's, like, tall, dark, handsome, and then, like, got that weird side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's okay. Oh, I just feel like this manipulative guy needs to be like, oh, really hot and really. Oh, geez, I think kind of my 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 typical uh, definition of hot is weird. So yeah, but you're like Keanu Reeves. Obviously, it needs to be obviously. (laughs) No, no, because Keanu is like precious, sweet daddy. He's He's a sweet sweet daddy. daddy. He's a sweet daddy. I got an epi for us. Are you ready? Yes. Tie it all up with a boat. All right, so she can still hear Margaret's voice asking Isabel to tell her a story. She realizes that she had started spinning her own story at eight years old, how she was dark and toxic, and how that really wasn't true, because her family just doesn't fucking talk about it. Anyway, her and Waylon are finished telling the whole story now, how Ben was responsible for Allison's death. How Dozier had suspected Ben, but never had the proof that he needed to convict him. She feels like Dozier knew what happened to Valerie, but that he also didn't really want to know. Like, he just didn't want to go there. It was almost like it was, like, like, too much paperwork. (laughs) This feels like it's played out. It's coarse. It's everything's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so they discuss how Ben and Valerie had hatched a plan to live a child-free life together, and then Ben had killed Valerie to keep his secrets safe. Casey agreed to an interview. Remember Casey from mm-hmm. her old co-worker yep. who's a friend? 
and in her interview, she had remarked how quietly controlling Ben was and how much Isabel had changed after she got with him. So kind of like a character reference, like adding credibility mm-hmm. to her. Paul Hayes, neighbor boy, also comes by to explain something to Isabel. And what that is, is that the man that she saw at his house in the middle of the night is actually his daddy-o. But his dad is super sick, nearing the end. Obviously, he looks like a skeleton. That's how Isabel described him. Um, But that they both have records and that it is against Paul's parole to harbor another criminal. So he had to keep his father hidden. So that's what's going on here. So his Paul father is had, a good guy. I don't know Paul though. His father had told him, had told Paul what he had seen that night with Isabel, and the whole time Paul oh. himself had suspected that it was her that killed her baby, but that he couldn't turn her in without also turning himself in. But Paul's just looking out for his dad. Yeah, it's like good. It's like the the good of a bad like the the goodest of the bads i think paul is just a a troubled criminal (laughs) yeah he made some poor decisions and like you know harboring another person with a record but like he's also that's also selfish you know if he really thought that she did i guess he could have just trying to take care of he saw her himself i guess true i don't know all right, so she is also working Isabel back to Isabel. She's also working on a relationship with her parents, even though everything has been so broken. At least everything is now out in the open, is what she says. Um, the quote, he's in a better place comment, we get a full circle here, um, is how they had all ended everything. They were able to trace it, which I'm like, I don't know if you could do that, but I I digress. They were able to trace it and find a nondescript little rental halfway across the country, and that's where Abigail was. And she had been told by Valerie that Isabel was an unfit mother, so she felt fine, and she had taken very good care of him. So then you're like, what's going on here? So Isabel goes to mason's nursery and sees him smiling at her now and starts thinking about the year she will never get back but a year of his life that he will probably never remember so it's okay she knows now that abigail had seen isabel in the news and went to see her speak to justify that she had her baby um because she really needed to believe quote that he was in a better place Oh, that comment coming back that, that comment. so here's my burning question for you mm-hmm. do you think ben actually killed allison i don't like i believe what isabel thinks that he is very manipulative and controlling and maybe didn't necessarily like you know put it in her food or like make her take them i think mm-hmm. that he laid the groundwork and she kept he kept his hands clean in his own head but really mm-hmm. he led the people to do what they wanted he wanted them to do but like, then why was Waylon so convinced that he killed her because he said Isabel would never or um allison would never have done that pregnant right i did like um when isabel was thinking about what like imagine b 
being pregnant, you're probably very emotional, yeah. knowing that your husband is always gone and doesn't actually want children, mm-hmm. knowing that he's probably with another woman, him leaving the pills on the counter. Like that story, what seemed believable to me, like right. Right. that she's just like distraught, probably full of hormones, being like, I'm going to be a single mom and this isn't how I'm picturing things. Maybe she did just like. Right. And you know what? She was probably feeling like pretty worthless because like you had said, she was going to be a lawyer and now suddenly she's just like nothing. Right. Yeah, exactly. She just sits at home all day, has a lot of time to think, has a lot of time to just be sad about where her life is at. Now she has a baby with a man who doesn't want a child. What do you think about Ben being in jail for something that he actually didn't do? Hmm. I kind of am like maybe like the vindictive part of me is like yeah you deserve to be there you're kind of fucking shit karma is a ben sitting in jail Mm -hmm. because he's bad boy (laughs) he is a bad boy he's a bad dad just like her dad bad dad true so her dad should also be in jail then too though yeah so there was so many twists ashley was right about Waylon having been allison's brother i personally would not have seen that one coming i don't think it would have been I would have been shocked if Ashley had not have said that. True, um, yeah. And then what were the other... Oh, her having find out that her mother actually was the one who killed Margaret. That would be fucked. Um, loved how Mason ended back up with her at the end. I was curious about that. True. Because we were like, there's no way there's going to be a happy ending. <laughs> and there is, but like... Nah. Uh, yeah. So... I guess it depends where you sit morally on mm-hmm. how you feel about Ben and being true, in jail. True. I like how the necklace, like the ring necklace thing, like came mm-hmm. back around. Although, don't you think her DNA would have been on it? Well, I was just wondering, like, because I went back over that chapter, obviously, I was taking notes, but I'm like, there's no detail on how she actually like got his DNA all over other than the fact that he's probably been there. He's just been there. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like she maybe like knew where she touched, so she. Was I guess able to, like, yeah, true, true, wipe true. Her yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. No, it was a good book. What do you give it? Yeah. Oh, four stars for sure. Yeah, four, four. That's a four. maybe four and a half. I liked all the twisties and turns. And honestly, yes. I gotta say it. I thought Jillian was the queen of twists, but Stacy just nailed it yes it was just like bang 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 Mm -hmm. bang bang Mm -hmm. here you go and also mason's still alive and now you get your baby Mm -hmm. back so we were wrong last week when we thought it was not gonna end well turns out yeah she got her baby back well and like and and also like she doesn't have to be afraid of herself anymore she was like afraid of herself for so true. long, thinking she was a murderer and that she potentially killed her mm-hmm. own child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And Did like the you... entire time, we're like the sleepwalking theory. It's just too, like true. It would, it would be like too. It's too simple or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was fucking Valerie. I liked. Um, I liked how she had said that every single woman had like something going on in this book. Mm-hmm. True. True. Was very true. Yeah. Yes. It confused me. The names, all the names of the women did confuse me, though. I'm like, which one? Okay, wait. Okay. Who's At least who? they weren't all like crazy. True. Names, like apple bottom jeans, boot with the fur kind of thing. Like, imagine that yeah. was your name. <laughs> apple bottom jeans. Jean. Boot fur. <laughs> boot fur. Yeah, what did you rate it? You rated it a 4 2? 
I would say like a four. Yeah, four. Yeah. Maybe four and a half. I don't know. It was four really half, good. Four half. Four half. It I'm, was good. Four half. Four half. Four half. Okay. Well, like next week, we're not going to be here because no. we've got some things. Because we don't want to. We don't want to be here. And there's some <laughs> exciting things on the horizon. We'll say that maybe. And then um, also go no don't go vote because we will already have picked we don't know the book for next week so sorry about that just go look on fb or the ig it will either be murder in the family or bright young women so both great books if you want to buy them both and then just read them anyway that'd be great exactly they're both highly recommended yes okay well that was a ride i'm happy we did that i'm off the roller coaster now i need to go and find a book goodbye Okay, oh, wait, you need to go and find a book what? Now I need to go and find a book to like crush my soul even more. I'm going to go read Sharkheart. Go read Sharkheart. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Well, Yay. don't see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.